Welcome to Brave. Be inspired by the best leaders of Southeast Asia tech. Build the future, learn from our past, and stay human in between. I'm Jeremy Ao, a VC founder and father. Join us for transcripts, analysis, and community at www.jeremyao.com. The question that you asked me was, how should we be thinking about entrepreneurship for HBS and in preparation for the interview and after listening to the previous entrepreneurship podcast? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'll take a step back and, and just give you the story that I applied with or, or you know, the, the, the one that is kind of motivating me to do my MBA, right? So I'm in venture capital done venture for about two and a half years, but specific to consumer. I want to transition from investor to operator, and I want to build my own consumer brand here in Southeast Asia long-term. Short-term goal, maybe work at a, you know, a fast-growing growth startup in, in, uh, in the US or Southeast Asia. But my goal, because I've been working in the early stage kind of uh, venture industry, is to build a holistic toolkit to understand how to run a larger growth business, right? Because I've only seen zero to one, one to five. I want to understand five to 10, 10 to 100. So I want to understand what resources there are at HBS that you've seen that entrepreneurship kind of uh, um, students take and use. Yeah, that's super helpful because I think that broader context was really helpful because there's a lot of what's there and I'll just list them in no particular order, which is like the classes, the network, entrepreneurial finance, founder's journey, Chicago, entrepreneurial management. There's so many classes uh, that you can take. It's a lot of what's, obviously the various talks. But I think the biggest question is like the why uh, that's really important. There's a similar vein that got this asked recently and someone was like, hey, Jeremy, I want to be a founder. So I want to go to Harvard. And I flat out told him, I said, going to Harvard to be a founder is the worst idea ever because why blow 250 grand (laughs) to about 500 grand and two years of your time on a Harvard MBA to be a founder when you can just spend all that time being a founder instead. So there's an interesting dynamic here. So there's an interesting dynamic because in your case, I think it's a good idea to go to do a Harvard MBA, but somehow the other person, I just he told me that question and I told him, I think it's a bad idea. So it's a bit weird, right? And I think that's really important because if you don't have that articulation, why you don't have a good reason going into the interview about why you care, but also you won't go to school knowing why you care. And then you won't even take the right classes, the right setup. So, you know, everything all kind of falls apart from there. I think the long and short of it is it makes sense to go to do the MBA when you want to change your career or when you want to change your geography. So, for example, it's pretty obvious, like, if you want to move to America, Go do an MBA in America, right? It's a super obvious one. So some people, will, there's an easy no-brainer. Like people from India, Singapore, China, they want to move to America, do MBA. Duh. You want to move to consulting, duh, right? The no-brainer. Or you want to move to big tech from consulting. Also a big no-brainer to some extent, right? Because you can do that through an MBA or you could do that through a recruiter as well. I think there's also a bit, and this is where the fuzziness comes in, I think where you articulated is kind of right, which is, I'm a VC and I see my career being tech and I want to be broader and I see myself in different roles. I could be a tech generalist. I could be a tech executive. I'll be an operator. Down the road, you could potentially be a founder, right? But there's still that fuzziness. There's still an exploration phase. 
but I want to build that skill uh, ladder. And then therefore, I'll add other things like the network, the exposure, the rigor, the signal in terms of credentials. All those things will help you be able to open up doors for more opportunities and to execute quickly on opportunity when it does show itself, right? That being said, and I one uh, that I heard recently um, from podcasts with Jasmine, she also did MBA and she said it very nicely, was that, and Rennie, who also did MBA, but they said like, if you know your goal too clearly, there's no point doing an MBA, right? So if you know that you definitely want to be a founder, then you definitely don't, shouldn't do an MBA because like I said, then you must well take, save your 250 grand of school fees and plus your foregone income of 250 grand probably because so there's like a half mil of income, right? And then you take it two years of time, which is super expensive in a different geography from Southeast Asia. What can you do with half a million dollars of income building a side hustle in Southeast Asia instead of being in Boston or New York or SF? Like you could be a founder executing really quickly, right? Does it make sense? So if you knew exactly what you wanted to do, right? Or if you knew exactly that you want to be a management consultant, there's no point going to an MBA to be a consultant right now. I, to- I totally agree, Matt. And, and I think this is where I'm at in my journey, right? I know that maybe in you know, 20 years, I want to, or I don't know, 10, 5, 10 years, I want to be a founder, but there are still steps I need to, to do to get there. And I need to understand that growth stage, right? How to... I, I know how to launch businesses. I've done it before while, you know, while at my current role. But how do you scale businesses? How do you optimize for global businesses, businesses that are cross-border, right? Businesses that are regional. I don't know how to do that yet. And I, and I think, again, building that holistic tool set, this toolkit is something that I want. Maybe that's how I should communicate it in my interview as well. Yeah, exactly. So there's that challenge where going into the interview, but also not just going to interview, but going into this whole process, being very tool-centric is going to like box you into like, these are the things and the what's I have to do, right? But what's more interesting is the why. And the why fundamentally is just saying like, I know that being a VC is no longer the thing I want to be for this next stage. And that's okay. That being said, I know that tech and the geography is still interesting to me. I like tech. I love tech. And I love Southeast Asia. But which company and which role is still the exploration phase, right? In that sense. But I also know that I want to be the best. <laughs> I want to be the leader. I want to be the executive. I want to lead that. So what does that leadership role look like? And I think that clarity to be like, I want to be the leader that makes a difference to be an executive is clear. And saying, I want to be an executive means that I have that clarity. Then says the MBA program therefore gives me a lot and then becomes larger than classes, right? Because classes would then would have been the most obvious answer from a skills perspective, which would have been like knowledge, A, B, C, you know, tools, right? Then you'll be like, okay, these are the three classes I take, which is very boring from an interview perspective, but also very tactical to be like, well, actually, if I think about it, if I want to be an executive and I want to be a leader and operator, and I want to really take Southeast Asia from where we are now, which is at a cost of something amazing, and I want to transform millions of lives across Southeast Asia, but from a more tactile and a more executive role instead of a VC capital aspect. And I want to do that. Therefore, things that are much more interesting to me now are number one, for example, the HBS case study approach, right? Where I am the decision maker in the executive role and working with the peers to debate and discuss 
to make the decision about how to allocate resources, time, energy in crisis as a company, as a team. So it's about a team learning. So that's already a big part of it because you're going to be doing thousands of cases across two years. So the classroom learning is already important and less about the knowledge, but more about the experience of being a decision maker, the practice. And then two, the, the network is important because again, if all you cared about was just the learn how to be X or Y or Z exactly, then it'll be knowledge. But now you're saying, hey, I care about the network. I care about getting to know different folks in the industry and being very clear about discovering and saying, I love Southeast Asia, but I feel like I want to zoom in and say, you know, these are the verticals that I want to play a role in then activating the Harvard network and so, so forth and tying that on a global basis, right? Because if you say, I care about healthcare, for example, and you're in Southeast Asia, you obviously activate the Southeast Asia Harvard network, but you also activate the global healthcare network across Harvard. And so it's a matrix in that sense. So it's a larger play, right? Yeah. And I also feel, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, right? But building those deep connections with, again, high, like you said in your previous podcast, right? High-performing individuals across diverse geographies, industries. As a leader, right? You want to be around other leaders discussing problems, obviously, but you also want to kind of clarify for yourself, oh, this person is in this geography in this industry. Is that interesting to me or not? Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, that's one line of logic that you're going to have to go through very quickly in terms of self-awareness, in terms of what am I trying to achieve and what parts, because it sounds like you're clear about the fact that you're going to focus on Southeast Asia. You're less interested in VC now. You want to be an operator, maybe a founder. But you also have to be clearer, work your way through and say, which industries am I more interested in and less interested in, et cetera. And that's going to create like a basically a pyramid. You're working your way down the pyramid. Now, obviously, in the interview, which is going to be much shorter, you're going to have to like invert the pyramid and articulate the other side of it, which is, yeah, the summarized version of that, which is, these are things I want to be an operator and a founder, but in other words, an executive. And I'm interested in exploring three key you know, industries while I'm at Harvard. Healthcare, consumer, and I don't know, logistics, I don't know, for example. And I, I care about these different aspects about it. But what's fuzzy to me is ABC and then go from there, right? And, you know, these are the people I respect. I've talked to A person, B person, Jeremy, da, da, da. And then, you know, kind of go from there, right? So because the truth is the interview, of course, is still a screening tool. So it's not a, it's not a pastoral approach. Whereas you talking to me, I'm, being, I'm thinking in a more of a pastoral coaching dynamic, but not an interview format, yeah. No, I, I no, I really appreciate that. And again, right, to just getting more clear on the why is definitely helpful. And I'm not sure, you know, what you did in your interview, but were you very specific with again the courses that you wanted to take, that what you wanted to do, you know, in the first semester, second semester, or were you just more broad in the network will help me? I want to do this, this, and that, but I also want to explore this, this, and that, and this is why. And I think I'll be able to do that at HBS. Like going into the interview, what, what would your advice be? Yeah, I mean, I think let's zoom out a little bit because, you know, you're asking very much, how do I like give answers to the test? But I think the question is, what is the test? And the test is basically saying at Harvard, they want to pick the future CEOs, the VCs, the partners, you know, they're looking for like the West Point for capitalism, right? That's what they say, right? You know, leadership, the leaders who are going to make a difference. And so they're going to select for that, which is they looked at the resume, they looked at your references, they looked at your GMAT and your scoring. They're just looking for the best, right? And so now at this stage, they're obviously doing a behavioral interview 
And so they're looking for your why. Does it make sense? They're not looking for your what. So you're talking about the causes and stuff. Obviously, the goal is not to come across as pedantic and detail-oriented, which is the risk of you kind of like going through this thing, but to come across as saying like, I think you have inverted again the pyramid and to say, what is your why? That you want to be an executive, that you want to be number one, you know, whatever that means, you know, without being an asshole or a douche because nobody wants to work for that person and nobody wants to work with that person and nobody wants to collaborate or learn alongside in that classroom with a douche, right? So that's the thing, right? Like if I was your interview, I'll be like thinking to myself, okay, is this person going to be an executive that we're going to be happy to groom to the next level? Like, you know, behavioral interview. And is this person a douche? <laughs> and then those are the two things. And then the flip side of that is you don't want this person to come across as super obsessed about these 10 courses it's going to take and come across as too detail-oriented or neither does this person want to come across as lost in the weeds. So it's going to be, to some extent, I think you're very focused on what the way you're articulating it. You're very articulate about the what of the contents, but it's going to be about the how you articulate is more important than the what. And what's more important than the how you articulate it, again, is the why you're there. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense, actually. That's actually a great way to think about it. You know, I think I have the why. I think I just need to kind of break down that why, what I need to still explore, and then how I'm going to do it as well. I think the explore part is something that I definitely need to work on. Yeah, exactly, right? Because at the end of the day, the person's going to walk out, the interview is going to work out. Just like every, you've done job interviews, and you've also been an interviewer before, right? And you're not going to remember all these, you know, individual one, two small points. You're just going to walk out, and you're going to say, say like, Wow, this person knows exactly why he or she is here. And that's a perfect fit. Those two things line up, right? Because sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes like you're like, wow, that person knows exactly why he or she is here. And that's not this company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like, wow, that person is at this company and great skill, but that person should not be here at all because they should be doing something else with happier with their life. Does that make sense? No, that 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 makes total sense. And yeah, I, I, again, I think I just need to triangulate that why and and make sure I communicate it well in the interview. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they are trying to find out if you're a good fit for them. And they're also trying to find out if they're a good fit for you. And so to some extent, that's the perfect world where both sides are not trying to deceive and both sides are being honest with each other because it's a matching dynamic here, right? Obviously, when you talk to me, to some extent, the questions were like, how do you load the questions or frame the questions to be more positive than that? But for me, I'm trying to encourage you to be like, if at some point during this conversation in the next one, two weeks, you're like, find out, you're like, oh, it turns out I know exactly what I want to do, then bank yourself a million, half a million dollars. I appreciate kind of the way you're framing it, right? Because it's, you're not saying, you know, think about X, Y, and Z. You're saying to take a step back and just to just clarify why, so that the fit, so that when when you actually have that conversation with the interviewer, it's more of a authentic conversation than trying to fill in boxes. Yeah, exactly. That's, and the yeah. truth is that you're probably a good fit based on your profile. Obviously, I don't know your package, but from what I know about you, you're probably a good fit overall from a technical and quantitative perspective. The Truefis, I think Harvard is kind of like, has a lot of upside to Truefis for, you know, spending half a million dollars. And I think a lot of people used to tell me, is like, oh, is Harvard worth it and for an MBA? And I always tell people like, I've always met a lot of people talking about how Harvard MBA is not worth it, but I've never met an alumnus who said it. Interesting. I imagine, yeah, I imagine the doors that it opens is great, but also 
again, they also filter for why you're there too. Exactly. I always tell people, I was like, you can you imagine like you walk outside an ice cream shop and all the people who have never eaten the ice cream tell you the ice cream isn't worth it, but everybody who eats the ice cream tells you it's worth it. And then you're like, well, is the ice cream shop worth it or not? And you're like, well, the truth is the ice cream shop is doing a good job selecting for the people who will enjoy the ice cream and vice versa, right? People who don't want to eat it, that's okay. But for people who do eat it, they enjoy it. I think that's where the self-awareness, it helps a lot. And so I think that's where there's a good shot that this will help you because I think, you know, you say a lot of things that are quite true, right? It's like you want to do a career shift, you want to upskill, you want to improve your networks, you're clear about your geography already. Those are all good things to have. Yeah, I think I wouldn't say you're a bad fit. I think you're a pretty decent fit from what I know. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the job's not done yet, right? So I'll, I'll keep definitely keep you updated, Jeremy. But thank you. Thank you for the help. I, I think this this really just clarifies what I need to think through before the interview next week. Yeah. Any other thoughts or concerns? Yeah. The time's kind of leading or the days kind of leading up to the interview. You, I'm practicing all the general behavioral questions, but I do know that it's going to be more of a conversation than anything. I know my story. I know what's in my application. And I think going through that application is important just to make sure that you have everything in mind. But yeah, I think the thing that I'm just not as clear on is someone's going to ask me, why, why do you need an MBA if you want to be a founder, right? And I think just getting those steps in is, is definitely important to, to that answer. Yeah. My biggest tip is to practice with someone else, 100%. So, so for myself, I was frankly... Now, I applied and I was pretty fortunate because I applied under the 2 plus 2 program. So I was pretty early. And so I remember that I had come back from Bain and I was very fortunate because I'd seen that other people had applied to Harvard and it was possible. So I was like inspired and I found out that earlier application. So I came back to UC Berkeley, I applied and I was the only person who was bonkers enough to apply. And so I had no peer, no cohort. So I, I bought books. Can you believe it? There was like, there was books. And there was like one website. I can't remember what it was called. It was called Poise and Quants, I think. Poise and Quants, which is a great website, right? And there was like one website at a time in 2010. I somehow got an interview and I was like so stressed. And I, was, I remember I was at a computer lab and I had got an interview offer the next day. And I was just writing that stuff. It's like kind of in your shoes, right? And I was reading Apoyas Kwan's. The book had no, nothing about interview process, etc. I was so stressed. And then my friend Elaine, so we were in the Social Impact Consulting Club, the Berkeley group together. And she walked by and she was like, oh, what's up? And she saw that I was stressed. And I told her, I said, hey, I have this interview tomorrow with the Harvard MBA, blah, 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 tomorrow. She said, oh, um, well, do you need help? As a guy, my natural instinct was to be like, no, right? You know what I mean? I was like, it's just like, you know, it's like this macho bullshit. But I don't know what happened. I was just like, she's friendly and she's a friend, right? And we had, and I always never forget. I just said, ah, yes, right? Because I was so desperate. And she just sat with me for like, I think hours. I don't know how many, how long it was. But I just went through over and over again. And oh my God, it was just a huge relief just to go through it. I just feel comfortable talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Amazing advice. Um, I mean, I definitely have a few mocks, but just going through. And did you go through general questions or did you go through the app, the, your actual application? Like general behavioral questions or did she probe you on why you said this and, you know, when you said it in your app? For my practice, I think it was a mixture of both. So she obviously went through my resume. She went through both. I'll be frank. 
I don't think we were both undergrads and seniors at that time. So I don't think we were both great interviewers and interviewees at the time, you know. And so I think the next day when my other friend who was also drove me <laughs> to, <laughs> to the place for, I think, and, uh, I think I was almost like going to be late, etc. He did some like bonkers maneuver. I remember the ride, I, I turned to him, I said, I love you, man. And then he laughed, you know, because, you know, we were going to be late. And he just did this maneuver, right? Anyway. <laughs> and then we always remember that day. So. Stressful leading up. Stressful leading um, up. Uh, going in, the conversation, when I went through that interview, it was very conversational, very straightforward. Definitely felt like a conversational behavioral interview. Very smooth, very experienced interviewer. In retrospect, if I think about it versus all the interviews I've now done as a professional interviewer, as well as an interviewee, and definitely pressure testing, obviously, different parts of your resume, different parts of your application package, going part, different parts of it. So just be ready to go through all parts of it, I think. And also being able to articulate your why is very important, I would say. And I think maybe, you know, maybe you mentioned this, but given what I've mentioned to you, that why just needs a bit more tightening up. And do you think that's a good reason to, to articulate during the interview as well? I would definitely practice your why. And especially in your introduction, it will definitely come up at some point. And obviously, it's just synchronized with your why that you wrote in your application essay already. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. In the application, it says, investor to operator, start my own business. And I don't mention anything about possibly short-term goals, you know, possibly joining a growth company. But of course, you know, definitely we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah, there are different aspects to it. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for your time, dude. Thank you for listening to Brave. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this episode with friends and colleagues. Sign up at www.jeremyow.com to discuss this episode with other community members in our forum. Stay well and stay brave.